0: You're listening to The Confidence Show, a podcast for the big dreamers who want to create more confidence so they can live their lives on their own terms. Hosted by confidence and life coach Rebecca Hawks, that's me by the way, The Confidence Show was created to inspire you to say yes to the things that scare you, to help you feel less alone when you're struggling with your mindset, and to show you that you truly can design a life you love. With a new episode landing in your feed every Monday and Thursday, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Hello and welcome back to the confidence show in this episode we are welcoming back dara paddy to the pod if you missed the if you missed the last episode with her the confidence to unfollow advice go back and listen to it because it was awesome If you are new or you haven't listened to that episode yet, as a reminder, Dara is a business coach known for combining the energetic and the strategic to help you design a business and life that feels fun and pays generously. She's the host of the Your Biz, Your Rules podcast, and her and I are also combining forces to run the Self First Retreat in January 2023, which you can find out more about in the show notes. Welcome back, Dara. Hello. Every time I hear you mention our retreat, I just get giddy. I know, me too. It's so exciting. And by the time this episode goes out as well, we will have like details finalised because this is going out, I think, in October. So we'll actually have the details finalised, whereas now we're still like bringing everything together and putting together the proper plan. So very, very exciting times. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. It is. It is, I can't wait. Okay, so in our last interview, we talked a lot about unfollowing and unlearning the coaching advice that doesn't suit us. And this time we're diving into something completely different. So we're talking about all things spiritual, witchy, and a bit woo, and I'm very excited about this because I feel like I'm still quite new to the kind of spiritual side of things. Um, So I use crystals, I meditate, I do like new and full moon rituals sometimes, but that's probably about as like spiritual, I suppose, as I get at the moment. So for our listeners, I would really love to start by first discussing what you would mean by spirituality and the term witchy.
2: Okay, so the way that I see these things, I think, judging by how you just described it's slightly different to the way you see these things. Mm -hmm. So for me, being witchy is very much about being in sync with nature like that's what it means in its essence Mm -hmm. and sort of allowing the the intelligence of nature to guide the way we do things and using nature to shift things and manifest things and release things
0: oh i love that definition yeah i've never i've never thought about it like that i suppose like when you see like woo thing, I mean, I don't know if woo is a term that you use. I know that people have like,
2: I, I say woo all the uh,
0: time. Okay. Some people are like, so against it. Some people love it. I use it because I like, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And, um, but when I imagine like the woo kind of spiritual things, I do imagine like using crystals or doing meditations or that kind of stuff. But the way that you just described the whole idea of being witchy is very different But a really lovely, like a lovely way. Like I really felt good when you were talking about the whole idea of like connecting nature and using nature to kind of manifest what you want. And it's very different as as well, I suppose, to the typical or like traditional thoughts of being a witch and like casting spells and creating potions and that kind of stuff. Although I'm sure there are some aspects of that in it as well.
2: Well, really, like that is still all about using nature. So if you think meditating with crystals, a crystal is a rock that is found in nature. Yeah, so If you think about people like making lotions and potions and spells, they use like herbs and crystals and fire, all of which are very much natural items. Mm -hmm. You think about practices like breath work, using the breath part of nature you think about like grounding and like actually like you know when people put their feet in the grass or they hug a tree nature like it's all very much about using elements of nature to change the way you feel because i'm a big believer that when you change something within you change something without and that's really the essence of what magic if you look up the definition of magic it's as within so without as above so below so it's all about creating a sense of balance and so when you and it's this principle and like we learn about this in like year seven science it's every action has a reaction and so if that action that you're taking is an internal action it still has a reaction somewhere whether that is also internal whether that is external and that's really what magic and spirituality and witchiness is. And obviously there are um, deeper elements to it that people will like go to when they think of spirituality. So they'll think of things like different deities, so gods and goddesses and um, like prayers and like rules and commandments and all of those things. And, you know, different people have different beliefs on those things, but that is kind of like the the dressing.
0: It's not the core of what it is. I love that. I really I've never really looked at it in that way before. I don't know, I think I think spirituality and, and that whole thing is kind of I feel like I put it on a bit of a pedestal and see it as this probably the way that it's portrayed on social media um of this like really I don't know glamorous like all these like rituals and the incense and the saging and all this stuff like it's a real like glamorous thing that I guess I feel like is not like is like above me or is like not fully available to me yet because I haven't earned it or I haven't learned enough about it or I don't know. Whereas everything that you've described, I'm like, I do things like that all the time anyway. Like walking barefoot is one of my favourite things to do.
2: Yeah. And there'll be things like um, working in line with the seasons, mm. so doing things differently in different seasons or doing things differently at different times of your menstrual cycle. Like that is all being in tune with nature. And so, the, so there was this book written in the 80s that is, uh, that is quite a well-respected like guide to witchcraft or something like that. But inside of it, it has what are known as the 13 goals of the witch, which are essentially like the commandments of being a witch. And I thought I would share those with you so you can see that it's actually stuff that we do anyway
0: yeah even
2: if you don't have that label of like witch or spiritual or priestess or whatever Mm -hmm. I can guarantee that you're still doing these things so the 13 goals of a witch are know yourself Mm. know your craft learn and grow apply knowledge with wisdom achieve balance keep your words in good order keep your thoughts in good order, celebrate life, attune with the cycles of the air, breathe and eat correctly, exercise the body, meditate and honour your goddess and God, like whatever it is that you believe in.
0: Oh my God, they're so simple. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, aside from the whole God thing, I think I do all of those. I don't really subscribe to like a traditional like religion like I believe that there's a high power but not in the well, religious usually
2: when I like if I ever teach this then I usually switch that one out for honor your belief system
0: oh yeah that's a good one yeah yeah
2: so I think the word like goddess and god they mean very different things to very different people so okay. but if you look at if you look at those goals they're kind of like well yeah I would want to do that anyway yeah so who says that you're like you not woo enough or not spiritual enough or too new because these are all things that you do
0: yeah all the time <laughs> and I always feel so much better in myself when I'm making the conscious effort to connect with myself regularly
2: and that's really what rituals and practices are they're a time of conscious effort mm,
0: I love a ritual I love a ritual or some kind of like spiritual routine I love to read about I don't always follow them exactly because I have this like <laughs> fear of like burning stuff <laughs> not a fear but I'm always like oh god if I like burn some paper then I'm definitely gonna set the place on fire so I don't tend to do things that involve burning but yeah I love to follow follow some kind of ritual as you say so what what kind of things like how do you incorporate these types of rituals or how do you incorporate spirituality into your daily life in both your personal life and in your business life
2: that's a great question so there are there are lots of different ways that I do this so one of the really like basic ones that I have so I'm in my office right now is I have little altar spaces that I use for different things and whether you like believe in like the magical side of it or not what these little spaces do is they create physical anchors for the things that you want mm. so for example on the other side of the room right now I've got my relationship altar so on there I have like different items that remind me of the kind of relationship that I really want to have and then like nothing fancy so I've got like little heart-shaped dishes and I've got plants because they're like these big thriving green fertile plants that just make me think of um like health and vitality and growth which is something that I want to bring into my relationship i've also got like a little image on there i've got a candle on there i've got some essential oils that are for like um like passion and things like that and every time i look over there i just get that little feeling of like it's my love altar like it just gives me that little tingle oh that's so and whether like whether it's casting a love spell or not is by the by the point is every time I look over there I'm reminded my relationship is a priority for me
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: when that is reinforced I behave in accordance with that
0: that's so cool I think I always think of altars as like I don't know like this I don't know I suppose weird thing that people do to I don't know attract gods or I've never really thought about it in that much detail but it sounds like such a lovely thing to now I'm like I want to go and create an altar for me
2: (laughs) um, people do have different types of altars so you do have altars for like gods goddesses saints ancestors things like that but you can also have Alters that are dedicated to particular themes or particular seasons. So, people will do um, like seasonal altars or ones that are connected to certain celebrations. So, like an Easter altar, uh, Christmas altar, that kind of thing. I personally prefer to use them as a way to like anchor in things I want to manifest or the things that I want to sustain. So, you've got my relationship one, I've got a business one. And I've got a money one and basically any flat surface in my house is now fair game. We've got another altar going on. (laughs) And they're just, they're just little places around my home that feel intentional and it doesn't have to, you know, like we don't have to have candles burning. We don't have to have religious iconography. It's not about that. It's about a collection of items that symbolize something
0: to me. Yeah. I like that. And then it must make your home feel like such a loving place and like such a special place when you can look in those areas. And as you say, like you get those feelings and you're reminded of those things that you're working towards.
2: Yeah. And it makes your space feel very intentional and like it's really supporting your goals. Because I think it's very, very easy to sort of decide that we want something and we might put it on a vision board, we might put it in our planner, like we'll have it somewhere but it's not everywhere we look.
0: Yeah. And when
2: you have these little physical spots around the place, you're just reminded constantly and you, you know, you tap back into the like physical sensations of having and working towards having that thing.
0: Yeah. I feel like my spaces at the moment are very like chaotic and not very organized and are a bit messy. Whereas I'm trying to bring like more peace into my life and more balance and my environment is definitely not reflecting that at the moment. <laughs> so I like the whole idea of of being able to take responsibility for that and saying, do you know what? I can actually do something to, as you say, like be intentional with the space that I'm creating and help it become more towards what I actually, like the way that I want to live or what I'm trying to achieve in my life. I really like that.
2: And, you know, your altar could be in a shoebox. It could be on a tray that you just tuck under your bed. And you just like get it out and have it on display during the day. And then at night, it just goes away. Or when people come home, it just goes away.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Oh, I've got all the ideas now. <laughs> all the ideas. I love it. Um, how is kind of combining these like spiritual and energetic, energetic practices with the strategic work? How has that helped you in your business?
2: here's the thing about strategy it is great but it only goes so deep Mm -hmm. so strategy very much deals in the 3d world it's very much about action and doing things and picking up momentum which is great and it's important but it's not the full picture it's that tip of the iceberg it's not all of the stuff underneath the water and when you pair the energetic work spiritual work magical work whatever word you want to use there with the strategic then you are looking at the whole person the whole situation and you have the tools then to work on whatever it is that's coming up because sometimes legitimately the only obstacle that people have are like the surface level tactics like they just don't know what steps to take but sometimes it's a lot deeper than that sometimes it is you know a deep dark limiting belief that they can't let go of sometimes it's you know, energetic imprints that they've been picking up from family members. Like there there was so many things that it could be that are not on the surface. And so when you are equipped to deal with both parts of a person, the transformation not only is greater, but it's also more easily sustained.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love your explanation of that. And I know that you have a huge selection of different mindset and energetic modalities that you've been trained in. Can you talk a little bit about what made you want to learn so many different tools and techniques and tell us a little bit about some of your favorite ones for overcoming those deeper like energetic blocks that we have within us?
2: Yeah, so essentially, like my my way of going about life is if I experience something and it works wonders on me I'm like yeah I want to learn how to do that because I want other people to experience this I want everyone to experience this and that that is about the thought that goes into it so if I've tried something and loved it it's like yeah learning how to do that um and over the years I've been certified in so so many different things like there's like life and success coaching which is still I would say more more of the strategic side of things and like sort of the service level mindset work. And then we have things like NLP, which is incredibly powerful. Hypnotherapy, again, very, very powerful. Time techniques, which is amazing for um, not just getting rid of limiting emotions and decisions that you've made at some point throughout your life. But if you have anything generational or in a past life that you're not even fully consciously aware of, it's a great tool for working on that. EFT, so that's tapping emotional freedom techniques. Tool we know and love, Rebecca. Both I know love it. That. It's one of my faves. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is something that I adore. What else? Um, I've done an Akashic Records certification, which again is like very much past life stuff. Wow. Um, I have done a Breathwork certification, which is like straight up magic when you've got stuff. Like if you need to release something and you're not fully aware of what it is but you just know there's something weighing you down you know there's something holding you back Breathwork can be amazing I mean it's amazing if you've got a solid intention too but my point is you don't always have to know what it is yeah. that is going on for you to let it go
0: absolutely I feel like breath work has probably been the most powerful tool that I've ever used specifically when I was going through my breakup like I did breath work every week for a year minus like two weeks so for like 50 weeks out of the year I did a breath work class and it helped shift so much and it wasn't always pleasant at all like I shed so many tears and it would like knock me out the next day but there was there's something about that that is just so incredibly powerful from that like energetic point of view and it just makes you feel so good after, not like straight afterwards always but I feel like it I, I definitely noticed shifts with that so breathwork EFT and hypnosis are three of my like mo- like three of the biggest tools that have helped me change the most
2: yeah they're amazing They are amazing.
0: I love that you're changing all these because you can do these when we do our retreat I know <laughs>
2: Obviously know, we'll just like them. we'll have to decide which ones to bring out because there's so many.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like EFT has to. <laughs> I feel like that's a good one because it's not like breath work can be so intense. We don't want people to like do a breathwork class and be like, I don't want to talk to anyone for the next twenty four hours. Or I don't
2: know, maybe um, I would I would say we do breath work on the first night.
0: Oh yeah, it's like an intentional like start like and then because you're kind of like scraping
2: back the layers and then from that first morning then we'll be like right let's let's dig
0: in here yeah oh my god it's gonna be so good i'm so so excited
1: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable
2: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions
0: apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. um are there any tools in particular that you would turn to in a specific scenario so you've obviously got loads of different tools that you use loads of different ones that you use with your clients and I'm sure you're quite intuitive with what tools you use but are there any where you're having a specific going through something specific like for example if you're struggling to make money or if you're lacking confidence in yourself what tools would you would be your like first go to from like an energetic or spiritual perspective?
2: Um, Are we talking like things for me or things I would do for clients?
0: Things for you first and then things for clients.
2: (laughs) So usually because I'm the kind of person, like I want stuff to switch quickly. Like I am not a patient person. (laughs) I know this about myself. So I want something quick that's going to work for me. And so, one of my go to's is always tapping, and I do some very let's say enthusiastic tapping when I'm doing it alone, so I will do it while I'm walking around, so I will like march around the house or down the trail that's across the road from me and like stomp and tap and shout what I'm tapping like i will like so I'm getting my body physically moving and like getting really loud with it and like really letting a lot of stuff go. Because it's powerful even when you're doing like little fairy taps and whispering. But when you like really like put all of that tense energy into it, it's even more of a release. Um, so that's one thing that I do. Um, That's particularly when I'm... If I've come across something that has bothered me so Mm. you know sometimes if you see a social media post and it just pushes a button for you and sends you on a spiral or maybe you wake up in a little bit of a funk and you just notice you're feeling like really like stressed about something like those are the situations where I would do my angry tapping (laughs) um if it's something else so if it's wait no if also if it's money related I also have some audios that I would listen to so I've actually this I know we talked about this in our last interview but I'm a big fan of like doing my own programs and going back through my own courses and I have this program that I put together a while back called unapologetic wealth that's a combination of tapping scripts and hypnosis audios so and it's all about the money stuff so when I have money dramas come up I will just go in do one of those scripts or listen to one of those audios and that usually resets me pretty quickly and it's nice because you know it's it's already there I don't have to make something new yeah I can just draw on that and then if it's something else if it's not money related then um breath work is often the first thing that I will try it doesn't always work for everything so if it is something that is a really solid pattern or you know you just you do it on a loop and you can see it in yourself and you for some reason you're not just wanting to let it go Mm -hmm. then usually what I will do is I'll get on a call with a friend of mine who did the certifications or some of the certifications with me and we'll use time techniques on that because time techniques is an amazing one for you know, if you ever have something, like I said, where you feel like you're in a loop of just repeating this behavior again and again, and you don't know, like, when, like, when did you decide that that was just how you're going to be? When did you decide that that was the way you're going to handle things? And you just can't answer that question. Time techniques is great for dealing with anything like that.
0: What what kind of are time techniques? Because it's not something that I've heard as much about. Like, I obviously do the breathwork, do hypnosis, do FT, but I haven't really heard much about time techniques. So what are they?
2: So time techniques is built around the principle that your life is a timeline. So obviously in one direction there's your future. In one direction there's your past. And then beyond your past, there is also your generational past. So that is, you know, the lives of your parents, grandparents, etc. And there is your like past life past. So it's the principle that you were incarnated at another time, in another body, in another lifetime. And and it's all part of like one long timeline, basically. And so through time techniques, you travel along this timeline and go to the root cause of whatever it is that has been troubling you, whether that is an emotion, whether that is a habit, whether that is a belief, whether it's a decision that you keep making, anything like that, Mm -hmm. you can go back to the first time that you decided that was how you were going to handle things or that you decided that's who you were going to be and you do some work there to let it go. Wow. That's and then what you what you do as you travel back towards the present over your timeline is you can see your life sort of shifting before your eyes and see what it would be like if you'd never made that decision.
1: Wow.
2: And then you just come back to now and feel different, feel like it's gone like and you're almost like I don't even I don't even remember a time when I would do that like that's just not me anymore
0: that's so cool so could like do you get that reaction the first time you do it or do you have to do it over and over you get it straight away yeah straight away gosh that's so cool I feel like why haven't I heard about this before (laughs) I think I've heard you talk about it but I've not heard about like the actual process before
2: yeah it's it's not one that I see a lot of people talking about and I think maybe it's because it's not, it's not quite so scalable in a way that EFT and hypnotherapy are because obviously with both of those tools and with breathwork as well, you can create like one event, you can create one tapping script, you can create one hypnosis audio and it is going to be of real benefit to whoever it is listening to it but with time techniques while yes like you can sometimes create audios that will work for a group of people really for it to be most effective you want to be working one-on-one with people because you want to be working with their specific struggle their specific belief in their words and you want to be able to interact with them back and forth because you are like asking them questions about what they see and Like digging in and supporting them there so it just doesn't have the same like scalability as a technique yeah which which is why I think I don't see so many people talking about it publicly like you don't see people doing YouTube videos with time techniques really it's more of a one-on-one practice
0: yeah oh that's fair it's so cool I suppose in terms of like scalability it'd just be a case of like getting more experience and increasing your prices and like in terms of like scaling that way but then yeah that's so cool yeah,
2: so I meant more in terms of like being able to share it publicly like in a group oh, setting which because yeah. like, a lot of these techniques are done in that kind of way so like yeah. for example my YouTube channel I do a weekly tapping script you wouldn't be able to really do just like a generic time techniques audio for people to listen to it just doesn't quite land in the same way
1: no
0: Oh, that's cool though. So what kind of, when your clients come to you, is there like a specific modality that you go to first, or do you just kind of assess it on what is going on with them?
2: Um, so this, this has taken a little bit of trial and error. Um, back when I first started getting certified in these things, I was trying and sell sessions that were focused on particular techniques And what I noticed is that there are some things that people immediately think like, oh, yeah, I would want to do that. Like, that sounds fun. And there are some things that people think like the floodgates would be too much. I can't cope with that.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
2: so what I rapidly started doing was not being descriptive about the techniques that we would be doing. Instead, just like talking about what would be possible from the sessions or from the package. And so, what I do now is I work very intuitively and figure out what is going on for people because what I, the practices that I would choose to work on with people would be very different, say, if they were um feeling conflicted about two options versus like feeling panicked about money versus repeating a cycle that they've that, 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 that they've acknowledged and seen themselves do time and time again. like those three instances would require very different techniques very different approaches and so yeah I like to go intuitive now
0: nice I think that's such a nice way to work though isn't it like I know before like when I've done coaching training and they've had like the layout for how the session should go or you should ask questions in this order or you should do things in this way like it just doesn't always work like that I think you need to be able to be flexible and be open to what the clients bring into the session so that you can just work with them and not try and mold the client into fitting into a certain or like mold the client's problems into fitting into a certain way so that you can just do the things that you like to do
2: yeah and I think that it's it it's not just about the client's problem but sometimes people come to us in like different states and like struggling with different things so if somebody is like really on edge and their nervous system is like really activated and they're like really dysregulated I would want to do something to like ground them physically so I would choose something like breath work or tapping because that involves sort of being present in your body and like thinking about your breath and like touching yourself and like sort of bringing yourself back down physically. Mm -hmm. Whereas if people are feeling like really like heavy and lethargic, I would choose something that is more activating. So maybe something like, um, I mean, again, breath work could work for that, but maybe something more like hypnotherapy there or time techniques there.
0: Yeah. That's so good. It's so good that you've got so many different options. Yeah. Different well
2: and that's the other thing you see because I tend to work with people for longer stretches of time so I don't really do one-off intensives that often anymore I usually will work with people for a year and mm-hmm. we'll have a session or two sessions every month and so I kind of like that there are so many different things that we can pick and choose from so that it's not just like the same old thing each time like we're always doing something completely different and yeah, I, I kind of love that
0: I love that. that. Like, that's one of my goals. Like, I want to get trained in EFT, breathwork, hypnotherapy, mainly because they're the three that have made the biggest impact on me. So they're all on my, like, to-be-certified list. <laughs> all things- well, on,
2: like, on my, like, dream list is to create a certification for all of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And because I've, like, I've obviously, like, done certifications, but I've also tweaked things and honed things and like shaken things up because there were definite let's say flaws in the way that I was taught some things not everything but there were some things that I just like didn't necessarily agree with or could see a better way of doing and so I want to do my own certification where I like blend together all of these different weird and wild modalities
0: oh my god that's such a good idea put me on the wait list (laughs) I
2: want to learn it's very it's it's very much like a. It's on the someday list. It's
0: yeah. Okay, well, you've put it out into the universe now. It's got to happen. Yeah.
2: Well, and like you
0: know, like once you've once you've said it out loud, it has to happen. So yeah, that's, that's why we've talked so much about our retreat. <laughs> as soon as we had that first conversation, no, I, I think it was the second conversation we had about it, actually, wasn't it? it? Was like okay, let's say it out loud now, and then it's gonna then it's gonna happen, and then we had some interest, and it's like okay, well, it's happening now. <laughs> can happen It's exciting um so I wanted to talk to you about something that we have discussed privately um and that being about the recent spiritual awakening that you had a couple of months ago and I'd love to talk to you a little bit more um like in a little bit more detail about that can you tell us what actually happened how it happened and what has been happening for you since the moment that you kind of realized that it was like a spiritual awakening
2: yeah, so I would say that, like, the most recent one was probably my third spiritual awakening.
1: Oh, my God,
0: wow. Um, I if I've ever had one and I just don't know what they are.
2: Well, as, so the way I see a spiritual awakening is really just, like, it's like waking up or it's like opening up to something new. So if you've already, like, opened up to, like, some spiritual concepts and practices, then I would say you've had a spiritual awakening.
0: Yeah, I reckon so. I must Because
2: at it. some point you have decided you believe in these things, you trust these mm-hmm. things, you want to try these things.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've had multiple you've types had one. things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, okay, so I'll give you the the abbreviated version then because otherwise we're going to be condensing like 31 years into a couple of minutes. <laughs> But when I was younger, I want to say like 12, 13, I was very into witchy stuff, like all kinds of witchy stuff. Like I loved witchy books. I loved like TV shows like Charmed and Buffy the Vampire Slayer were my absolute jam. Loved it. Like loved the whole vibe. And it wasn't just like fictional witchy stuff that I was into. I was really into like reading historical accounts and there were a lot of um like wicker guides around at the time in the 90s and noughties that was like a huge trend and so I would read a lot of that type of book and it just felt like a path that I wanted to be on like that just felt so right for me but then at some point I just closed down the doors because I like I had a very Let's say challenging home life, especially in my teenage years. And it wasn't particularly safe for me to even have an opinion, let alone be a bit weird. So I just slammed the door on that part of me. And I just like, I mean, I still watched Buffy, I still watched Charmed, but I didn't really like live any of those practices that I started opening up to. And then obviously, like fast forward many, many years and I really got into the online coaching world and really started tapping back into like spiritual concepts and personal development and that was when I would say I had my like second awakening mm-hmm. when I started learning about things like manifestation and like different rituals and all of the kind of things that we probably don't even consider to be like witchy or magical because they're just um mindset practices that people talk about now their personal development tools but actually like the roots are in sort of the more let's say magical realms mm-hmm. and that was something that I was very comfortable with so I would like I can read cards for people I would do that I would have my crystals around like I would like all of that stuff and then recently I want to say like over the past month or so it's like something just happened and that door that I slammed shut when I was a teenager, it's like someone kicked it in. And suddenly I'm having all of these memories come back to me of you know things that I read at that time, things that I was learning, things that I was practicing. And it's just made me feel more like me again. And that's not to say that I'm like sat here in my witch's hat writing my broomstick. Like that's not the vibe at all. But it's more just remembering things that I used to know and that feel so familiar to me and feel right to me. And with the kicking in at the door, I've also like suddenly absorbed this new sense of confidence. Because I think previously, even though I, you know, I would I would send a monthly tarot email where I'd do a little card reading, or occasionally like I'd share crystal grids on my Instagram stories. Things I would do like bits and pieces. I didn't really let myself go like full witch, full weird in my business. It was like a fun little quirk of my personality, but it wasn't who I was in a professional sense. And I think since the most recent awakening, I've really let myself blend and just be all of who I am. And yes, sometimes that is witchy and weird. It is also sometimes very like ballsy and direct and strategic, like both parts
0: are parts of me and I've just realized that I don't have to pick one. Oh, I love that so much and I love the whole idea of as you say like having the two different parts of yourself and I think I think we all have so many different parts to ourselves like I have the badass confident don't give a fuck side of me but then I also have the like quiet the anxious the overthink a part of me. And I have the side of me that's very like quiet and connected and confident within myself without needing to be loud. But then I also have the loud part and the spirit. And I think it's really lovely how you can kind of feel like you can show all those parts. And I think so many people are going to relate to that and relate to the different parts that you have when you show up and bring all those parts to as you say, like your social media or in your conversations or in the work that you do.
2: And it's like anything else, we can, we can have different parts rule the roost on different days, like sometimes if I am feeling like super focused and organized, that will be like the full like strategic part of my brain coming out and I will be creating the content plans and I will be like there'll be spreadsheets involved or there'll be powerpoints involved and I'll be like fully in that mood and then there'll be other times where I'm just like I'm just gonna lie in the middle of a circle of candles and this is my day
0: today (laughs) (laughs) I like that I, I yeah I completely relate to that and I think I think it's important that we accept all parts of ourselves and we accept that like the strategic the productive the motivated part isn't going to be running the show all the time and that's something that I am creating more awareness around at the moment because it's something that I do struggle with like when I when that part of me comes out I love it because I feel like I'm being successful because I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do but then when that part's like okay had my time done now and the part that just wants to lay in bed and watch Netflix comes out it's very hard to be like but I want you to come back because you are making me feel successful and this new part's making me feel lazy and I think accepting all parts of those is really that really important
2: yeah and I think something else to remember is that people are perceptive so if you are ashamed of a part of yourself if you are even if it's unconsciously you're trying to conceal a part of yourself people can feel that when you then show up online and are trying to market your business people can feel that there's something missing there's they can feel that something's a bit off even if they don't know what it is and they can't put their finger on it they'll just notice that something isn't quite right yeah and so when you're showing up like that you're not going to be getting the same sort of connection and conversion that you would if you were willing to be full you and it and like chances are you would say exactly the same thing regardless it's not the word but energetically it wouldn't feel like there was something being stomped on
0: yeah that makes total sense I think I think my thing is is because I overthink so much I've tried not to call myself an overthinker I'm trying to call myself a deep thinker because I feel like there are two differences and I am a very deep thinker I think I worry because I have these moments where I show up like now like I'm so full of energy and I'm bubbly and I'm loud and I'm all I'm like I feel really like vibrant in what I'm doing and I show up like that on social media sometimes but then sometimes I don't want to show up like that because I'm not feeling like that and then I worry like oh are people going to think that I'm fake because I'm in a moment where I'm like calm and quiet and maybe feeling a little bit shy. And that's just my, like, overthinking brain, thinking that people will judge me in a certain way.
2: I mean, it's entirely possible that they might just think you're a human person <laughs> who is not one thing. I know. Seven.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. This is what my brain, this is very much something that we work on consistently. <laughs> this, like, perception of other people. Um, but yeah, I think that's... Well, what that... Oh.
2: The dog says, hi. it's like he knew that I was about to I was just about to to bring Jasper up and Casper started barking oh Good boy. so if you think about Jasper mm-hmm. sometimes he'll be like give me all the love like throw me a ball give me lots of attention sometimes he'll be like I need to go to sleep in the corner sometimes it'll be like can I go for a walk now
1: yeah sometimes
2: it'll be like feed me, bitch. Like, yeah. he'll you'll have all of these different ways of being. You don't ever look at him and think, like, you're such a bad dog. Like, why why do you want to play now? But, like, why do you want to no. sleep then? It's so inconsistent. What a fake, flaky dog. <laughs> like, you just don't think like that.
0: No, absolutely not. I think it is, like, historically having been told that, like, people think I'm flaky or, like, it's it's very much a, like, what I've been told when I was younger and that's kind of stuck in my brain and then it's just working through those patterns and rewriting those kind of thoughts so what what's flaky define I, flaky do you know I'm not even sure to be honest I see it as like not like not sticking to what you're saying. So it comes from it stems from me having really bad anxiety years ago to the point where I couldn't leave the house. So I'd make plans to go out of people and then I'd be like cancel on the day because I just physically couldn't go. And then I'd always be told like oh like people are going to think you're flaky like no one's going to ask you to go out anymore like it's bad for you like it's not fair on your friends to let them down kind of thing. Um so it's always been like a really negative thing for me.
2: So flaky means like listening to your body.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I guess so. Oh my God. Yeah, because even in the even in the sense of like social media, like if I'm not consistent on social media, I mean this is something that I'm working, as I said, like working through, but like not being consistent on social media means I'm being flaky on social media. When in actual fact, no, I'm not consistent on social media because I value myself and my health more than I value what goes up on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So flaky is not a negative thing. Fake. Let's all be flakier. <laughs> yes, here's to a future of flakes.
2: <laughs> and like, Here's another like perspective shift I want to share with you here. When you feel good and when you feel energised, you show up on social media.
0: Yeah, always.
2: Exactly. That's consistent. Mm. Consistency is doing something when a certain set of circumstances are the way you want them. Mm. So if you feel happy and energized and calm and confident and inspired, you show up on social media. Consistent doesn't mean you are there 24-7 regardless of what's going on.
0: Yeah that's so true and I think we kind of get a little bit lost in that don't we because that's what everybody talks about like being consistent as in like being on social media every day or selling every day um
2: and it's very rare that someone will stop and ask like but what is consistent what does consistent mean because consistent can mean five times a day every day consistent can mean once every other day consistent can mean just when you're on holiday consistent can mean hundred and one different
0: things a thousand and one different things yeah so so true I've decided that um in the whole like I've been redefining my version of success at the moment is something that I've been doing for myself and it's something that I did a podcast episode about like how to define or like how to create your own definition of success and I realized that consistency or what I perceive consistency to be was part of what made me feel successful or was what I Told myself success was. And now I'm like, that doesn't fit in with my definition of success anymore. Like being consistent, as in showing up on social media every day, as in selling every day, that doesn't fit with my definition of success anymore.
2: So I'm about to say something a little bit controversial.
0: Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
2: but I think consistency is largely an ego metric. Yes. Because you've just hit on it. We, we feel proud of ourselves for being consistent because it means we're a good business owner because it means we're doing things right because it means we're like showing up and being a like a star student. Yeah. And people will see us and they'll be like, look how successful she is. She's so consistent.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an ego thing. I literally just wrote a post about, oh, I wrote the post a few nights ago when I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep and I've got it scheduled for, to go out on my socials tomorrow. And tomorrow being what the 7th of September because we're recording this in advance (laughs) but that's exactly why what I wrote about yeah this whole like you think that or like you praise yourself for being consistent because everyone tells you that that's what you need to be successful
2: Mm.
0: but and there's,
2: there's a big difference between being consistent because that's what you personally enjoy and that's what Um, inspires you because some people get inspired by creating Mm -hmm. so if they're creating consistently they're getting inspired consistently and so it has like a really positive effect on them and that's one thing but if you're being consistent because you think that it will impact how other people see you and it will give you that validation that you're lacking that's when it's something to look at
0: yeah yeah I hope that you are enjoying this episode, this interview with Dara so far. You can click on over to part two right now and continue listening to our conversation. Thanks for listening to The Confidence Show with me, Rebecca Hawkes. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This will help the podcast reach more people, which means we can help more people increase their confidence and love themselves for who they are. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and I will see you next time.